Well, it is good to be back home, I guess you could say. Uh, this is where I grew up. My parents came here in 1972, and um, so where I grew up, and it's been a blessing to be here till about seven years ago, we moved to Trogger. Many of you uh, look a little bit older. Um, I met a friend in the bathroom this morning, and um, I knew he had a birthday this week, but I didn't know he turned 60. So, um, yeah, people are getting older. And uh, many in the youth group I wouldn't know, and up in the front bench here, I would, wouldn't know many of you. I know where you belong, but I wouldn't know your names. It's good to be here at Weavertown. Um, I think my whole family's here, uh, four grandchildren, and uh, also uh, Jonathan and Rachel, you surprised me this morning. I wasn't expecting you to be here, but uh, welcome, and uh, it's good to know you're praying for me. I, I sense a need of your prayers this morning, that God could continue to work in our hearts. Scripture says in Ephesians 4, verse 35, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The message today will be on kindness. I gave this message about a year ago at Summit View for an evening service, and after the service, uh, my mom came up to me and said, You need to preach that at Weavertown sometime. So I don't know if it was a good message or if she thought that you needed to hear it here at Weavertown on, on being kind one to another. Be that as it may, I, no, don't be that as it may. I know you are a very kind people. I, like I mentioned, the growing up years here and everything, and I know there's uh, many kind people here at Weavertown. There have been and there are continually kind people here at Weavertown. The message was a result of doing a series on one anothering, a message on submitting one to another, encouraging one another, love one another, pray for one another, and this message today of being kind one to another. I know in today's climate, in today's world, there is a lack of kindness. We think of the school shootings and the murders, mass murders that are happening in our country. There haven't been many re recently like there have been before, but you have to think what possessed that person to do that evil deed. And I have to wonder if something was lacking at home in that child's growing up years where he didn't experience a kindness of mom and dad. I don't know how many of you are following the political scene that is happening in Washington right now, but there is not very much kindness down there. I think it's the nature of politics is to get after each other, the nature of politics. And what a difference it would make if our world would experience kindness. What a difference it would make if we would begin in our churches to be kind one to another. If I would begin on the work site, perhaps, to be more kind, what a difference it would make. It's not something that comes naturally. Here in Ephesians 2, it says we are to put off and to put on. Put on in verse 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So kindness is not something that comes to us naturally, or to me at least. And I recognize that there are some 
people here that have the gift of mercy. And perhaps they have it a little bit easier to exemplify kindness. Maybe the prophets and some of the other gifts have it a little more, a little more, more difficult to be kind. So maybe some of you are at advantage. I don't know what that is, but it's something that God has called us as believers to be kind. If it be something that would happen naturally, I don't think the scripture would be telling us to do it. Isn't that the way it is? If it wouldn't be, if it'd be something that would happen naturally, it wouldn't be something the scripture would be commanding us to do. Kindness. I looked it up in Strong's to furnish what is needed, profitable, fit, useful, good, virtuous. I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary. It says of a sympathetic, forbearing nature, a disposition to be helpful and agreeable. It's synonymous with fairness, forbearance, tolerance, mild, gentle, benevolent, harmless. And like I, like I mentioned, I, there has been people here at Weavertown that have exemplified this in my growing up years. I remember sitting in the back here, maybe about where Nate Bang is sitting today, and um, in the morning service, I, um, Aaron King would come up, and as he'd walk past, he would tap me on the shoulder. And it was just a kind act of Aaron King. He was a kind man. And if I mention names today, I, I have some stories. Um, don't think that, you know, whenever we mention names, sometimes it seems that, well, maybe I'm not kind. The pastor didn't notice me. God notices. And, and we can't pick out everybody. Uh, I don't think God would have us to do that. But something for us to consider about being kind and what we want to pass on to those that follow after us. Fairness, forbearance, tolerance, mild, gentle, benevolent, and harmless. It says in 1 Peter 2, verse 3, If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Also says in the Old Testament, For thou, God, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call on thee. The opposite of kindness would be to be rotten or to, bad, to be bad, to be unprofitable or to be useless. The scripture also tells us to be tender-hearted and forgiving one another, and we don't necessarily want to go into that today. But I think a heart of kindness needs to, uh, an act, a deed of kindness needs to spring from a tender heart. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. If we don't have a tender heart, if I don't have a tender heart within myself, if I can't empathize, if I can't feel for people, it's going to be very difficult for me to be kind and compassionate. It's going to be difficult if I don't have a tender heart to forgive those around me. A tender heart. I think tender-hearted perhaps is key here for kindness is to have a tender heart and then we can be kind to those around us. Tender-heartedness is a soil for kindness and forgiveness. It says in Colossians 3 verses 12 to 13, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Forgiving and bowels of mercies. It says in 2 Peter verses 1, chapter 1, verse 7, that we are to add to our faith, to godliness, brotherly kindness. Add to your faith, brotherly kindness. You know, we have faith. We would, each one of us here would say that we have faith. But do we, do we add to that faith brotherly kindness? It's the fruit of the Spirit, brotherly kindness. 
It says in Galatians 5, verse 15, if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And I think we know the story of the two snakes that were fighting each other. Have you ever heard this story of two snakes that were fighting each other? And they were just at it and at it. And then the next morning, the person came to see what happened to the snakes, and there's just some scales there. They had both consumed each other. Is that how we are as brothers in the church? Is that how we are as sisters in the church? Are we kind one to another, or do we consume one another? I know of a, a, a true story of a brother in a church who said to his fellow brother that he was not getting along with, he said, one of us is going to have to move. He said, I plan on staying. How would that look like? Is that a spirit of kindness when we say to our brother, I plan on staying, you have to move. We have been called to kindness. We have been called to put on kindness. We have been called to add to our faith kindness, brotherly kindness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. I somewhat hesitated to to tell this story, but um, I think it's a good story of relating kindness. After my parents moved to Belize, um, my mom went to visit. I shouldn't say I hesitate. I'm glad to tell this story. My mom went to visit a neighbor lady who was not a part of the church. And she asked the neighbor lady, they were in Belize about, uh, was it 1990 or so, 1990 to 1993, somewhere around there. And she, when she got there, she just went over to the neighbor lady and asked the neighbor uh, lady, uh, well, how, are the, how were the missionaries here before, before we came? Or what, what did you think of the missionaries? I don't know the exact words. But the lady said, some be nice, some be not so nice. And my mother took that as a mission statement that she needs to be a nice missionary. You know, sometimes we don't correlate those two of being a missionary and not being nice, but it is possible. It is possible to be a missionary and not be nice. So my parents were there for three years, a little over three years, and at the tail end of their stay there, my mom went to visit this same lady who was not a church member, who was just a neighbor to the, to the church there. And she asked, she was visiting with her, and the lady said, you be one of the nice ones. You be one of the nice ones after three and a half years. The testimony that I can leave of whether we're going to be nice or not so nice. And I find it within myself. I, I, I'm not here this morning to, to say that I have all the answers, that I always do it right. I find myself many times failing in this act of kindness, these acts of kindness, many times failing. On the road or at work, many times I fail in kindness or other areas of life, even at home, at times failing in the acts of kindness. I have various quotes here, not necessarily scriptural quotes, but the Talmud says that deeds of kindness are equal in weight to all the commandments. Deeds of kindness are equal in weight to all the commandments. Asaph says, no act of kindness is ever wasted. Mother Teresa said, kind words can be short and easy to speak. Their echoes are truly endless. And we have heard that, I think, in a condensed form. Speak kind words. Hear soft echoes. Speak kind words. Hear soft echoes. 
Is that not what we want to hear in life? Is soft echoes. And I recognize at times in my life, I was not hearing those soft echoes, those soft echoes. Too often, another quote, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the power to turn a life around. Acts of kindness have the power to turn a life around. What the world needs is a new kind of army, the army of kindness, the army of the kind, Cleveland Armory. I believe kindness will always point people to Christ. Kindness, deeds of kindness will point people to Christ. I have another story about a friend who was struggling. He was about 13 or 14, perhaps, a young man. His family was shopping at different churches. He didn't quite know where he belonged. And he went to this church, and the Sunday school teacher, the lady Sunday school teacher, this young boy, reminded him of Jesus. This lady reminded him of Jesus. The touch and the smile, he said. And I remember coming here at Weavertown back in 72, and we went up that those steps. Is there even a door there anymore? Is there a door there yet? I can't see. Okay, there's a door. I, don't, I think it's off limits now, but we had our Sunday school class up there, and, and uh, Mary Yoder was my teacher. She was exactly 50 years older than me to the day, and she was my teacher, and she was a kind lady. John Yoder's Barry from Intercourse. I don't know how many of you remember her or not, but she was a good Sunday school teacher. I think all of us can remember times in our lives when we were affected by kind people around us, perhaps a Sunday school teacher, perhaps a mother, perhaps a father, perhaps somebody we didn't even know touched us in the way of kindness. Am I going to be remembered as being a kind person? Kindness produces an environment for learning. Kindness creates a safe place. Am I willing to be kind to others, to consider them, to consider their thoughts, to consider their ideas? You know, we have in the Old Testament over and over again where it speaks about God, and it speaks about God's loving kindness. I think loving kindness is mentioned 26 times in the Old Testament. Some would say that God was vindictive in the Old Testament. But there's lots of verses that speak about God's kindness in the Old Testament, especially in, in the Psalms. It has the idea of showing favor or mercy or pity. And we are in need of God's favor and God's mercy and God's pity. I'm just going to quote some of these verses in the Old Testament. Psalm 17, verse 7, Show thy mercy... Marvelous, show thy marvelous loving kindness. Psalm 36, verse 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, 
According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Psalm 69, verse 16. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness. Psalm 103, verse 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Then Jeremiah also has various verses on loving kindness. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Jeremiah 32, verse 18. Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands. Hosea 2, verse 19. The last one here I have. I will betroth thee with, I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. There's four attributes of God, righteousness, judgment, loving kindness, and mercies. And would not we say, when we look back at our lives, that God has been just that. He has been a God of judgment. He has been a God of righteousness. He has been a God of loving kindness and been a God of mercies. Yes, our God is loving, loving and he is kind. It really depends on us many times where we place ourselves, what we experience from God. Are we willing to experience the loving kindness? And even when we don't place ourselves at the right place all the time, God is still loving and God is still kind. Jesus' ministry exemplified kindness and I have a word synonymous with kindness and it would be compassion. Jesus had compassion or he exemplified kindness in his ministry on a multitude because they were, he had compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion and he healed the sick. He had compassion and he fed the 4,000. He had compassion and he restored the sight to the blind man. He had compassion and he cleansed the leper. He had compassion and he cleansed the demon-possessed man. He had compassion and he raised the dead to life. The word compassion for Jesus. Synonymous, I think, many times. God's kindness to us will be the intrigue of heaven. God's kindness to us will be the intrigue of heaven. And I guess we could say, if it doesn't intrigue us now, is it going to intrigue us in heaven? It says in Ephesians 2, verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So I think that's going to be a, a job description, not a job description. It's just going to be something that's going to be in heaven that we're going to just marvel at the kindness of God to us. Needy creatures as we are, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. How's God going to show that to us? I don't know. It's, it's going to be a, it's just something that I think all eternity won't be enough to really grasp God's kindness towards us. Needy creatures that we are needy creatures that we are. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, love is patient, love is kind. The text today tells us to be kind. Why do I need to be kind? Jesus told us why we need to be kind. You can look in your Bibles, Luke 6, verse 35. Turn in your Bibles to Luke 6, 35.
I think we see in this text that, that God is very interested that we are kind one to another. Luke 6, verse 35 and 36. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Why are we to be kind? Somebody want to mention? You talk up here? Why are we to be kind? Do we have an example? Because your Father... Go ahead. God is kind. God is kind, yeah. Who is God kind to? Believers? Okay, who else? The merciful. Huh? The merciful. The merciful? Okay, yes. And the unthankful and the evil. The unthankful and the evil. Yes, thanks Dave for that. God is kind even to the unthankful and the evil. <coughs> Many times when I'm kind, it's to return a favor or to get something out of it. Not so with God. God is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. He makes his rain fall on the just and the unjust. He sends crops to the unjust. God is kind. It's his very nature. Why should I think that I am above that? Why should I think that, I, that there's a lower standard for me being kind? Someone has said, to the degree that I am kind is the degree that I love. Think about it, men, you that have a girlfriend or have a wife. I, find, I find it, found it very necessary to be kind to my girlfriend. After we get married, then it seems it sort of can fall by the wayside. I made sure I opened the door for her. I made sure I gave her flowers. Lots of things I did to be kind. I was careful with my words. Tried not to use unkind words. Do I continue that on in my life, in my married life, in church life? Am I sensitive to the needs of others? Do, am I careful with my words? I think we can break people's... There's a, there's a word, uh, saying that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words cannot. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think we can hurt each other by our words. Am I kind? To the degree that I am kind is the degree that I love. I'll read the verse again in Colossians 3, verses 12 14. Put on, therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against other, any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. I think we know what it means to experience, what it feels like to experience kindness. Kindness has a lot to do with feeling. I remember after my sister Anne's death, about two years ago, and I was sort of feeling sad, 
sorrowful, and people sent, sent us cards. I don't know who it was. I think it was from this church. And that was, that was a kind deed. That was something that touched my heart. You know, it seemed sort of like, the, like her family and her children and grandchildren were the ones that were getting the attention, I guess you could say. Or, you know, it just... And, and then I had to think, you know, when, when there's people in our church that experience the death of a sibling, do, am I sensitive to their needs? Do I sympathize with them? Am I kind? So thank you for those of you who encouraged us in that. And if you didn't, that's, that's okay. We, we, want, we want to just use that example as, as uh, thinking about others and being kind towards others. You know, we don't want to always be the recipients of being kind. We want to always also be those that bless. Some would ask, can I be too kind? Or can I be kind to a fault? I think we've heard that already, kind to a fault. And perhaps there are those that are kind to a fault. And I'm not sure how to quite explain this, but you know, Jesus, in his ministry, he was very kind, but he was not afraid to confront the evil that was around him. He was not afraid to speak truth. It says in Psalm 141, verse 5, Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness. Let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. So I think there's times as believers to be kind in our corrections, to, to, to correct, to speak truth. Just as Jesus was not afraid to address the issues of his day, also Paul was not afraid to confront Peter about hypocrisy in his life. Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness. I think we perhaps think sometimes, or I think sometimes, that if I try to correct this person, or if I say something that, you know, is he going to view it as being unkind? And I don't have the answer to that, how we, we need to do this. But um, may, may God give us wisdom in, in, in uh, confronting sin and being willing to accept the rebuke of a brother and not holding that against him. Proverbs 27, verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So I think there's a place as believers to confront sin or to speak truth. But let's seek to do it in a kind way. I didn't notice when I started. I'm not sure what time you usually close service here. Um, we usually have at Trogger, we usually have about a half an hour, 45 minutes. But um, I'm coming to the end here, so be patient. If I need to sit down, let me know. Titus 3, verses 3 to 5 says in the NIV, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. It gives a sharp contrast in this text of before we were saved, and I, 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 can, I can testify to this, before I was saved, and maybe it's even times afterwards, I would live in malice and envy 
hating and hating other people. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. The kindness and love of God. You know, God loves us. God is kind to us. And we don't need to be at odds with those around us. I remember as a new believer how I sensed all of a sudden a love for those around me. And maybe perhaps that, is, has, that feeling has softened at times. But do we really love or are we like those two snakes that are at it until they both devour each other? Philippians 2 verse 3, it says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I believe kindness is the oil that lubricates the hot gears. Kindness is the oil that can lubricate the hot gears. It is the water that quenches the thirsty soul. It is the ointment that soothes the wound. Just like in Jesus' ministry, his acts of kindness ministered to people. Let's be careful with satire. I know some of us are better at satire than others. I'm not sure if it has a place for the believer. Satire. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the ears. I have a uh, song I'd like to read. Yep, it's, uh, page 24 of your songbooks. I don't know if your song leader wants to lead that later on. It says, O sing thy great, awake my soul to joyful lays. Page 24 in your books. And sing thy great Redeemer's praise. He justly claims a soul for me. His loving kindness, oh how free. Loving kindness, loving kindness. His loving kindness, oh how free. He saw me ruined in the fall, yet loved me not, withstanding all. He saved me from my lost estate, his loving kindness, oh how great. Loving kindness, loving kindness, his loving kindness, oh how great. The numerous hosts of mighty foes, the earth and hell my way oppose. He safely leads my soul along, his loving kindness, oh how strong. Verse 3, when troubles like a gloomy cloud have gathered thick and thundered loud, he near my soul has always stood, his loving kindness, oh how good. I trust that we can use this as a primer to think about, am I a kind person? Am I adding to my faith brotherly kindness? Am I putting on a new man? Am I being kind? to those around me, tender-hearted and forgiving. Let's kneel together for prayer. We thank you, dear Lord, for this day. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you saw us in our lost estate. Thank you that you reached down. And we think about this at Christmas time of you coming and showing yourself to us, teaching us how to live, and then giving your life for our sins. Thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary's tree for our sins. Thank you for the resurrection, for the ascension of Christ, for the intercessory work of Christ even today. Thank you, God, for the church here. Thank you for what each one has meant and what means to us.
Thank you for the examples of kindness that we have experienced here at Weavertown. We just pray that it could continue on, that, that uh, people would be, first of all, touched by your loving kindness and then extend that to those around us. We pray that for all of us, that we would, first of all, recognize our need of your loving kindness and then share that with others. Forgive us for the many times we fail, for the many times we become impatient and selfish and greedy and, and go our own way and, and don't think, consider each other and we are unkind. Forgive us, Father, for those. Help us to do better. Help us to consider and, and your word and what, what you have asked, asked us to do. Thank you for your spirit that dwells in us and pray that your spirit and your word continue to minister to our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.